All right, all right. Good morning. What's up, Emmanuel? All of our Emmanuel family, whether you're in Lakeville, Elk River, Maple Grove, Spring Lake Park, or joining online, how many of you love Jesus today? You love him? Amen. And uh, we're all thankful for indoor furnaces working and for heat and for clothes and all of that good stuff and uh, mittens and hats and that kind of thing this time of year. It's great to be in church. It's great to be around the family of God. You know, this time of year, there's a whole lot going on, and I know it's busy and all of that, but it's also a great time to invite your friends and family members that might not go to church otherwise. This is a great time to invite them to church, even during this series that we're in, Joy to the World. And didn't Pastor Nathan do a great job last week as he started our series off? And um, Each week there's going to be different elements that are going to be a part of the weekend experience. Today you'll see people with their, their jerseys on, potentially. Um, there's a whole thing called the World Cup going on. And uh, how, many, how many are into the World Cup? I'm just curious. There's quite a few. How many have no idea what the World Cup is? All right. We got both of those things going on at the same time in our church. Uh, it's like, you know, soccer or the outside the U.S., they call it football, um, is the most popular sport in the world. And uh, the whole world is watching this tournament that's going on in Qatar. And uh, this week, the U.S. made it through on one barrier, and then they got beat. Um, and, uh, and yet there's other teams that are still going. In fact, we've got a number of Argentines that are on our staff. And so I'm wearing an Argentina jersey and uh, trying to represent, uh, representing our house, being a house of prayer for all nations as a church. And I'm so thankful for all the things that God is doing. I don't know what you're, you might be, well, I'm just a Viking <laughs> or I'm a Packer or whatever you may be. Um, that's okay too. You're all welcome in the house this Christmas. Amen. Tell the person next to you, hey, you're welcome here. <laughs> uh, before I get into today's message, I just want to celebrate something that we waited on a couple weeks, because every year we prepare and we do Kingdom Builders and the projects that we're doing each of our locations have different goals and we're supporting projects locally and globally, taking care of needs around the world and the heartbeat of generosity is God's heart for the world that's beating through us. And we do a miracle offering, meaning if we all do our part, God will do a big, huge miracle in our church through us to touch the world. It's not for us, it's for others outside of the church. And our miracle offering for all of our locations this year, drum roll please, put your hands on your, there we go, the drum roll for all locations was $382,000. Come on somebody, God, to God be the glory. And our total giving for Kingdom Builders this year is amazing as well. We're at 1.655 million already this year. And we've got a goal, so we still got a gap. We've got about 100,000 gold to the goal, and those are all projects. So it's not just some arbitrary number we're trying to beat. It's actually mouths we're trying to feed. It's ministries that we're trying to give to the world around us. And the biggest thing that was such a great joy to me as a pastor is to see what God is doing in the people of Emmanuel. Because this year, um, more than any other year, we didn't have the big, huge gift that covered a lot. What we had was more participation for more people than ever. And if everybody participates, we all get to see a miracle. So give it up for what God is doing in the people of Emmanuel, amen? And through us, and we're still believing for big things 
to come. I'm going to go right into the message today, part two of Joy to the World, the search for the Messiah, the search for the Messiah. Uh, there's a, a line, a verse in Joy to the World. Of course, Pastor Nathan spent time. If you haven't heard last week's message, feel free to go back and listen to it on our podcast or our website. You can you see it, or you can go on the Emmanuel MN app and see our messages as well. as Our message notes are on there as well. But he talked about the history of the song, Joy to the World, and it was a preview of things to come, not just what happened. How many know Jesus is coming back? He is coming back. But hidden within that song, Joy to the World, there's a verse that says, No more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as, far as the curse is found. And the power of that particular verse is it reflects on the fact that sin itself has, like a virus, spread throughout all of humanity. And wherever sin goes, it corrupts. It takes what was meant to function one way and it causes it to be corrupted. It's like a virus on your computer. Nothing works right. Families don't work right. Marriages don't work right. Even our way we look at the world and how we evaluate people doesn't work right if sin is controlling us. And sin is such a powerful force that Jesus is sent into the world. And as he's sent into the world, he goes, wherever the curse is found, the, the curse of sin spreads throughout all of the world. It's not concentrated only in your neighborhood, but it's found anywhere. I'm even confident that someday if we have spaceships that colonize other planets, that sin will go there, and guess what? So will the gospel. So as far as the curse is found, joy can come into the picture. There is no one outside the message of Jesus and how he can reach people in any place and any time. In the text that I want to look at today, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 2. Turn there with me. If you've got your Bibles, how many have your physical Bibles? Hold them up. Wave them in the air like you just don't care, all right? How many have your electronic Bibles? You can throw those up in the air. All right, there we go. I can see the glow. Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, gives a particular account of Jesus' birth, and it's very straightforward. Chapter one was all of the genealogies. And hidden within the genealogies, by the way, there are incredible stories behind the names. How many of you, sometimes when you see a genealogy list, you just skip over that chapter? Uh, well, if you really step into chapter one and you look through it, there's amazing things in there. Like, there are four women in that Jesus genealogy and his ancestry that were not Jews, that were brought into the story. Incredible. You can study that on your own later on. Chapter two, though, is where Matthew gives the account. It says this in chapter one, Jesus, chapter two, verse one. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And about that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? 
we saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. Now, we'll keep going in this chapter as we move throughout the message, but I want you to notice a couple things right away that Matthew is highlighting. First of all, where and when Jesus was born. He was born at the time of King Herod. That's an actual historical figure. This is not a fiction story. This is actual on record history. He includes King Herod in this story as an actual person that can be researched. In a day and age of misinformation and mixed up truths and fantasy, I want you to know that Matthew is showing us, now this story is for real. It's on the, on, on the real. It's, it's not something that is fake. Secondly, I want you to notice that at the same time this is going on in Bethlehem, the story, there's another thing going on in the Far East. Somewhere in another land, outside of Jerusalem, amongst people who are not Jews, God is at work. This is really important because the gospel of Jesus is not just for one select group of people, but simultaneously at the same time that you see the immaculate conception of Jesus, the birth of the Son of God, somewhere else God is at work in other people. These people were studying the stars. They were foreigners, but they were royal astrologers. Some versions say the Magi. You might have heard the song, We Three Kings of Orient are. You know, they try to dramatize this, but they were real people who had been studying the stars. They were intellectual. They were people that had, had uh, they were educated. They were financially well off. They brought gifts with them. These were not people that were stupid. They actually were smart and they were very sharp. And they had access to all of the known materials of the day. They knew about the scriptures, the ancient scriptures, believe it or not, because that would have been known in their part of the world. But they also had studied other disciplines. And as they're brought into this story, they're coming because God is at work outside of where you think he's at work. He's not just at work in churches on Sunday morning. How many of those, there's a whole lot of people that aren't at church right now. And God is at work out there because there are people searching for truth. They are looking for something. They are on the journey to find information out. And so we find these people are brought into the story. I love the fact that all nations are, can be represented in the family of God. We spent a little bit of time here at Emmanuel talking about being a house of prayer for all, for all nations. It comes from Mark chapter 11 where Jesus goes into the temple, kicks over the tables, and he quotes from the prophet Isaiah when he says, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Meaning, not just that we pray for the nations, but the house itself, the church, the synagogue, in this case, the temple, was a place for people from all over the world to come and worship. God is an inclusive God, that he actually cares about people outside of your little circle, all the people that you think about, and he wants to bring those people in, whether you be from an Argentina fan or a USA fan 
or you're not a fan at all, he knows your name. On the count of three, I want you to say your first name out loud. One, two, three. See, you're welcome to come. These people, they searched for meaning. They were trying to connect what they were discovering to life. And God sees people who are searching. And they say, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose. Now Matthew's readers likely would have interpreted the heavenly sign appearing of the star, appearing at the time of Jesus' birth as the fulfillment of Old Testament messianic promises. You can find those in Numbers 24, 17, Isaiah 60, verse 3 on your own. In fact, I want to encourage you, actually search out some of these prophecies. Look for them. They're planted throughout all of the Old Testament about things that were coming, and not just about Jesus' birth, but also about the end times. And God is looking for people who are searching, who are looking for that real information. The real information is hidden in the Old Testament messianic promises. One of the greatest ones is found in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. All right then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. This is hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus. Look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. One of the interesting things about that little text, by the way, is that in the contemporary times when Isaiah was speaking it, they, people were hearing that and they weren't thinking about the future. They were thinking about their time. And there was a king that had an option of receiving God's hope and promise, but he didn't receive that promise. And so he got the opposite of God's supply and strength. And if he would have received it, it would have been, but we also know nowadays that that was a prophecy of the Messiah coming today. All that to be said, there is so much to search for in the traditions and the stories of Jesus' birth. Don't just take the sound bite, the Twitter feed. Don't just go off of just something that's a little song that you know about Christmas. There is more to Christmas than you know. Turn to the person next to you and say, there's more than you know. But all of us have a danger. Listen to me here today. If joy is going to come to you and to the world around you, we have a danger of trying to get the joy of Jesus, the Messiah, from the world. It's joy to the world, not joy from the world. Sometimes I think we can begin to try to get our joy from outside of this text, from outside the promise of who Jesus really is in 1 John 2 says this, do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. And this world is what? Fading away, along with everything that people crave, but anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. Joy to the world, not joy from the world. 
In this day and age, when there are so many different ideas of what we can do, our Pinterest boards, our bucket list items, our comparison with what others are doing, we can actually begin to follow and receive our joy from the world. We're not happy unless we have it the way they have it. We aren't happy unless everything is perfect. But what are our kids picking up from us? Sure, they might know the basics of the Christmas story that you might read to them. But they will watch what we are pursuing the most and value that as the most important things for them to pursue themselves. Will our children catch a love for Jesus by watching what we are pursuing? Parents, listen to this. Grandparents, listen to this. Your next generation watching you, they won't value what you know. They will value what you pursue. If you are going after just leisure all the time, if you're only going after pursuing things that are pleasure-oriented, guess what the next generation will pursue? And they'll try to outdo you. It's important for us to consider what we are searching for. Life without searching for what God's word says leaves us empty. It's like grabbing a puff of smoke. We get counterfeit joy or no joy at all. King Herod is in this story. And he hears about the news from these three wise men because they made their way as they followed the star into the country of Israel. And they're brought into the king because they figure if the, if the star represents a new king, then let's go to where the king lives. And so they show up there, and King Herod becomes curious about what's going on. He wants to know. And how many know it wasn't for good reasons? Because he was afraid of losing his place. So look at the next verse, starting verse 5. In Bethlehem in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And they quote the scripture, the, the advisors to him say, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah are not least among the ruling cities of Judah. For a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. This is a quote from Micah chapter five. And so according to Micah, which is in the Old Testament, this baby will come, the ruler will come out of Bethlehem. Now this the title was, was that he would be a shepherd for the people of Israel. This is really interesting language because kings usually people served for the pleasure of the king. But the king that is being talked about in the Old Testament is there to take care of the people. So this new one that is gonna be coming is actually got an eye on the sheep, not the sheep on the shepherd. In verse seven, then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. And then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child, and when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. Now, he didn't want to go worship him. He wanted to go kill him. And you'll find that out later in the scripture. 
He wanted to wipe them out because he didn't want competition for his seat of power. I mean, Herod was protecting the throne, but the good shepherd was coming to protect the people. Herod didn't want to worship the Messiah. He wanted to keep what he had already had. Listen, there is always going to be opposition to your worship and to your search. The enemy isn't going to take it lightly. They're going to try to divert you. And of course, they move away from that. And Herod is going to miss the Messiah, but you don't have to miss the Messiah. So I want to give you some things here today, some lessons that the wise men can teach us on their search for the Messiah. Don't go the Herod route, go the wise men route. And I want to just give you four quick ones. The first one is this. Their search produces the results they wanted. They were looking for something and they were going to find it. Ask yourself this question. Whatever I'm pursuing now in my life, my relationships, my fun, money, freedom, Christmas, whatever, what is my pursuit producing? Usually you're going to get what you're searching for. Whatever condition of mind or heart and soul that you're in, that's where you're going to end up. Or if not, doing the same thing over and over again and getting the same results is called what? Insanity. So these people were searching for something and that was drawing them closer and closer to the truth. There are a lot of people today that are searching for hope and happiness and freedom, but the question is, are you getting the freedom you're searching for? Because your search should be in a particular direction to get the result. If you're not getting the result, you're you're searching for the wrong thing or you're taking the wrong avenue. I mean, nowadays, people can search for anything and everything. The next generation doesn't even know how to spell. They got spell check, right? You can Google anything. If you need to know how to cook a particular thing, you cook it. You can fix your car now by by YouTube. How many have fixed things by YouTube? I'm just curious. All right. We're used to searching for things, finding it, and then we get the result of it. Otherwise, we don't go back to that particular site. And I want to ask you this, in in your search and your pursuit of finding peace from your anxiety, of trying to scratch the itch, is it actually scratching the itch or is it making you worse? Shopping more doesn't fill the void. I just need another package on my doorstep. One more episode on Netflix. How's that working for you? Did you feel better? Did you feel refreshed? See, if we're pursuing the wrong avenue, the direction that we go, we get the results of that. These wise men were looking for Jesus and they were going to find him. They were looking for the king. They were moving in that direction. You're going to find what you're looking for. And second lesson from the wise men is that their search moved beyond head knowledge. It moved beyond head knowledge. 
Verse 9, it says, after this interview, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It was ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. So they were moving from wherever they were outside the country in the east, and they moved toward Bethlehem. Here's what I want you to catch. They had a lot of information they were consuming, but it wasn't just for knowledge's sake. Their knowledge led them to movement. There has never been a generation that has more access to more information than this one. There are people in, under the sound of my voice right now that you have been, you know more stuff about more things than your, your parents ever could have dreamed of. Your great-great-grandparents couldn't even have imagined. You know things about weird things, documentaries that you've watched, research that you've done about vaccines and other things. More information, but more information does not lead to transformation. Movement into action, movement does. And sometimes we go down the wrong path. We, we thought we knew something, we researched it, and so we put our money into it, or we put our time into it, our behaviors into it. But when it doesn't produce what we want it to, that search, then that means the information was incorrect. So now we need to find the right information, the right pursuit, the right direction. One of the things that I am certain of, that in, in 2022, that there are so many people under the sound of my voice, you know about the Christmas story and the Christmas season enough to hurt you. How many of you have been around church for more than one year? Let me see your hands. <laughs> Leave it in the air like you just don't care, right? I want you to consider that. Look around you. There's a lot of people. Okay, put it down. That means that there are a number of things that you kind of know phrases from songs and you know things that the pastor says once in a while, just enough to get you by. But the danger, the more information you have, is that your heart can grow cold. You can miss the value of that information and stop moving toward it. You can just, it's just this big, huge, your head is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And you got this download and your, your hard drive is fuller and fuller and fuller and way down and slow down to the point that you no longer move. There's no faith. There's no action. There's no step to it. Your worship can become dead. Listen, when you know the Lord by the decades, the danger you have at this time of year with Christmas is you no longer participate in the miracle of the Messiah. You just kind of go through the motions. I'll be honest. I am not like the world's greatest Christmas season uh, rah-rah fan. I'm not like putting the Christmas tree up in July. I'm not thinking about wearing red and green all the time. Some of you are. You're like way into it. You've got your Christmas list for 2023 already. I know some of us have all of that, right? I'm not that. 
But let me tell you this, I can be in danger. I've known the Lord for many decades now, and I've been through many, many church services, and I've heard more and more songs, more and more Christmas songs, to the point where I just kind of check out when I get into the song. And it's not just Christmas. That can be with any worship. That can be with going to church. That can be with any truth that I see in the Word. The longer I go, the more danger I'm in of my heart becoming distant and cold and calloused. Now, some of you, you are new to the faith. You're searching. Maybe you're on a journey and you, you don't know all that stuff. Don't feel bad about that. Don't feel bad because you don't know what everybody else seems to know. Why? Because you are closer to the truth. Your search can get you to the Messiah easier. You don't have to climb through all of the baggage of the last few decades. The wonder of the Messiah is closer to you. Stay on the search and move towards the Messiah. Can I get an amen? I just believe that God wants us to become more passionate and lean in and dis, not uh, remove the information we have, but not let the information, the religious information we have, keep us from the Messiah. Their search moved beyond head knowledge. That's what it did. Number three, they looked back to prophecy, but forward to the person. Now, there's a general awareness that the wise men had to history and tradition. Of course, they had studied the stars and they had done other things, but they had a general awareness that there were prophecies, things that said that, that there would be a star that would designate a new king. Now, that, that influence of studying the ancient prophecies could become an industry unto itself. Do you know what it said? And this is coming, and that could coming, and maybe this is coming, and maybe that's coming. We can get so consumed into all of the conspiracy of it, wondering and looking at the daytime news and looking at what's going on in the world to, to the point that we miss the fact that it's not just about what was said, but about a person. We are to look for Jesus. So let me say this to you, church. Listen, as you study and you, you search the scriptures, there's fantastic things in the Bible, including Jesus when he talks about the end times and what's going to happen. And there's going to be wars, rumors of wars, and you're going to be looking at the map, and maybe there are people on the internet and podcasts that you listen to, and they're talking about Gog and Magog and Ukraine and all of the things with Russia, and you're like, yeah, that is in the Bible. Yes, it is. But like the wise men, don't get so caught up in the industry of conspiracy and what's going to happen and the questions of it that you miss the focus is a person, not just the prophecy. We got to be looking for Jesus. Jesus said, lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. This church, listen, I don't know if this is your first time or you've been coming to Emmanuel for a long time, but listen, I don't do your religion for you. I'm not a priest. 
I'm gonna give the best I can on my teaching and I'm gonna try to direct you, but I'm pretty sure that you're able to search more than just Sunday morning. There's a whole lot of resources out there and you gotta learn to feed yourself and you do learn to need to learn to discern not everything is helpful for you. Get some good biblical training skills and there are tools that you can have to learn to discern because there's people that gotten off track into cults and other things. You don't wanna get caught up in that, all right? But I do want you to see, church, that in 2022, it's very true what Pastor Nathan said last week, Jesus is coming back. And the worst thing for a church to do is to be so caught up with information that they miss Jesus right in their very midst. That Jesus wants to speak to his church just like he did the churches in Revelation. That he wants to speak in real time and to whisper into our ears, this is the way, walk in it. That he's wanting to speak to parents about how to raise their children in a day and age like today. That he wants to speak to people about what they do with their finances and decisions that we need to make when interest rates are going crazy. What do we do with our retirement? All of those kind of questions. Did you know that God wants to lead you? And if you're not caught up in the overwhelming amount of information and you're, you're seeing it all and you're studying all, but at the end of the day, you stop and you say, I see it all, but I want to see Jesus. I want to see Jesus. Verse 10, when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the what? The house and saw the child with his mother Mary. Listen, the whole journey was not about just the star. The star was just a sign to get them to the baby or the little boy at this point. He might have been grown up a little bit by this point. We don't know exactly if it was a baby in a manger at this point. He was probably a little bit more grown up. And their journey to get there was not about just the start. Too many people, when they're driving down the highway, want to stop and they see the sign and it says Duluth, 60 miles ahead, and you get to see the village of lights up there. And they want to stop and worship the sign. The sign is just pointing you to the destination. Don't get caught up so much in the signs that you miss where the sign is pointing. Are you hearing me today? We need to focus in on Jesus, and that's what they did, is they saw him, they saw the child. And number four, pursue the shepherd king through worship. Pursue the shepherd king through worship. Look what they did when they got there, verse 11. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. And then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. There's lots of people that preach on this text and they talk about the giving and what the value of each of those items are. That's not the focus of this particular message. I will just say this. When they moved, when they left their land, they came prepared to worship when they met Jesus. They brought something with them. So when they got to the house, now it wasn't time to go, woohoo! We were right. 
We get 100% correct. No misinformation. It was great. Blue, blue check mark. They weren't, it wasn't about them. It was about the one they were coming to meet. And when they got there, then they came to worship him. Their moment was, it's time to worship. And they took what they had prepared and they brought it to worship the king. See, truly, on your search, there is a moment at which you stop and you realize, I've, I've got to bring it to the king. All of your questions, all your worries, all of those problems, you might be searching down all those other avenues. But let me tell you, when you come to the king of kings, the shepherd, he's the one that looks back at you and he cares for you as his sheep. And worship becomes the avenue of connection for the shepherd to take it all, to watch over you. Some of you under the sound of my voice, you've been going through unbelievable, horrific attack. Things are coming at you left and right, and you, you're confused, you're frustrated, it feels like people are turning on you, it feels like things are falling apart, and you can chase all the right answers, you can win arguments, but still have that, that lack of peace and anxiety in your soul. But let me tell you this, when you come to the king and you say, I'm gonna worship you, now all of a sudden the switch or the flip is, you're worshiping the king and he takes care of your battles. He's the shepherd that beats off the wolves. He's the one that comes and fights for you. In the middle of the chaos of retail chaos and feeling like you gotta keep up with everybody else and buy the right presents, get to the right stores, have the right family plans. Listen, there are so much depression at this time of year, every year, because people feel like they're never good enough or it triggers past memories where they are overlooked or left out or whatever it may be. Don't get so caught up in searching for those things and trying to fill something. It's so empty. Listen, you aren't gonna get the joy from the world. You're gonna get the joy from the king. And when you come to the king, now all of a sudden he fills you with the joy that you can give back to the world. Now people, when they see you, instead of you being the kind of person they don't wanna be around, when you're full of anxiety and you're full of frustration, you're full of worry, you're full of, of concern about how am I going to pay for that? How am I going to do that? How can I be a good enough mom for my kids? How, and you look at social media and it, it tells you that you're not as good as so-and-so. They're, they're a better parent than you are. And you're worried about all of those things. When your mind is consumed with all of those things, what kind of person are you to be around? Probably really difficult to be loving and kind and sensitive and caring to the people around you because you're consumed inside your own head. Listen, the best thing that you could do, instead of trying to figure out how to fix all the things that seem so wrong inside you, is just to bow your knee and begin to worship Jesus. And the shepherd comes in and he says, let me take that from you, baby. I got that. Let me take that from you. And as you bow before the king of the universe, who is your shepherd king, you will experience a joy that you can't get from Amazon, that you're not gonna get from a, a package dropped at the door today. No, 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 you get an inner peace that the world didn't give you and the world can't take away. 
Come on, somebody. Ah, I'm calling on the church today to leave the world behind in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of chasing joy out there. It's not working. You're not going to get joy from the world. No, 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 no. You get joy from the king. And his joy that the world didn't give you, the world can't steal from you. And you work your way through seasons like you're in by worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on, somebody. Would you stand with me today? Come on now. We need to move to meet with God. Say that with me. Move to meet with God. This is the action step beyond knowledge. It's saying, I'm moving towards you, God. I'm going to worship you. You don't have to be perfect to bow your knee. You don't have to have everything right to bow your knee. When you bow your knee, you are submitting that he's the king and you're not. It's the ultimate act of humility, of honor. When you begin to worship the king, to go on on a journey toward God, you don't have to have it all figured out. You're just chasing the Messiah. You're on a search for the Messiah. The journey for the wise men was not just a physical journey. It was a search, a research, a looking into finding the Messiah. And we often will find what we're looking for if we keep looking. It's amazing to me how nowadays we can back up anything we want. We believe something, so we go find something on the internet that backs up our opinion. We can support an argument with information, but the wise men were searching for something more than information. What was it? It was the Son of God. They had seen the stars. They had experienced power. They obviously had wealth, but yet there was something missing. So what did they do? They jumped into the ancient text. They did their research to discover where the Messiah would be born. And then they didn't just discover the information, they participated in that information by going on a trip to worship. They were fully engaged in both the history, the facts, the prophecy, and the fulfillment of prophecy. They were looking for Jesus, the fullness of truth. Today I'm calling you to go on a journey beyond information in your head and meet the person of Jesus. No matter where you're at, what you're walking through, if you need to give your life to Jesus today and surrender him, you can do it right now. All you gotta do is drop your guard and say, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. I believe that Jesus, you came to the earth, that you lived a sinless life, that you died on the cross. I believe that you rose from the dead. I might not understand all of that, but I believe that you're here and you surrender to him, and he will forgive you of your sins and make you a new creation. You can do that right now without me telling you. You could do it. In fact, I want to encourage you to do that. At the end of the service, our, our pastors will come up, and they'll lead you in a prayer, but don't wait for the prayer. You can, you can pray your own prayer right now and give your life to Jesus. You can do it. In any case, all of us, whether you're the newest searcher 
or you've been searching for Jesus for a long time, let's get up to speed right now and move beyond the information and go on a journey and move towards God. Amen? Let's move towards him. Let's go ahead and just throw your hands up to heaven. Begin to search out for God. Begin to talk to him. Say, Jesus, I'm here and I'm searching for you. I'm coming after you. Lord, I thank you for all the things I do know and the experiences I did have. But Lord, I don't want those all to be historical and I don't want them all to be facts only. I don't want them to be just prophecies and traditions. But Lord, I want to know Jesus, the Messiah, right now at this stage of my life, in this season of what I'm going through. I need to know the shepherd king. I want to worship you. I bow my knee. I bow my heart before you. Lord, the the literal reason that I live is to worship you. And so, Lord, I'm not going to let anything else steal my worship. The world didn't give me the joy I get from you, and the world can't take it away. And so I'm coming to you today, Lord. I'm saying, Lord, I need you. I'm worshiping you. I'm worshiping you. I live to worship you. Come on, church, begin to worship him. Out loud, lift your heart, lift your hand, lift your voices. We worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you. Mighty God. Come on, lift your voice to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you meet with each of our church locations even now. That as we worship you, I pray, oh God, that we would have a meeting face-to-face with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out emmanuelcc.org for faith resources, how to get plugged into community, or to join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. We are so excited to see what God is going to do. The best is yet to come.